0: Welcome to episode uh, six of Just A Chat With. We're here with Jude Orr and Uh uh, Jude is an entrepreneur, speaker and startup mentor. Uh, Jude is the founder and CEO of Playmob, which is a technology platform that connects with games and purpose-driven brands in a very clever way. Uh, She'll tell us about that in a little bit. Um, Jude has over 13 years of experience working in the gaming industry with brands like Unilever, RB, the UN, Niantic, Niantic. I I was going to get that wrong, EA and Rovio Uh, and Jude has been voted one of the top women in tech in Europe, top 100 women in games in the UK and one of Creative England's top 50. Uh, She was awarded an MBA in 2015 in the new year's honour list for entrepreneurship. Very well done. Thank you. (laughs) And in 2011 Jude founded Playmob which has been used by now by over two hundred million gamers uh, worldwide, which result, has resulted in a really positive impact on the world. And Judith, want to tell us all about that? So thanks for having us. No,
1: oh, thanks for coming all this way.
0: That was a good spiel. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well done.
0: Well done you. <laughs> and Well done me for getting through it. Um, but yeah, no, um, it'd be great to hear a little bit about PlayMob for those who don't know what it is. Mm. Um, I've known you for a little while, but mm. PlayMob has changed. Yeah, so it'd be good to kind of like, where did it start, and mm. what has it evolved into?
1: Yeah, sure. So, so where where we started? So when we met, we were um, essentially a games network, which. Um, was fundraising for charities through in-app purchase. So you would buy an item in a game, like a new life or a coin pack, and a percentage of that money would go to charity, and then players can see the impact that they've made. So um, how many trees they'd planted, how many meals they'd provided. Um, And that did really well. We raised over um, about $1.5 million for charity that way, um, through small micropayments. Um, but actually, in 2015, we noticed a bigger opportunity because from when we started and we were doing our fundraisers, players were asking, you know, what more can I do? And they wanted to learn more about the topic. And mm-hmm. in some cases, they didn't really know about what they were fundraising for. So we thought, right, there's, a, there's an educational element here that we're missing. Yeah.
0: Um, and these, were these iPad games, or are these games like, you know, that people were playing?
1: Um, so the mobile games, mainly mobile. I mean, yeah. uh, in the beginning, we were able to we were platform agnostic, so we were on PC games. We could be in console. We didn't. We did a few on console, but mainly mobile. Mm-hmm. And it was mobile that we then knew was a bigger opportunity um, to move into. Um, sure. So we changed the company actually about 2016, 17, because in two thousand and fifteen, the UN launched the um, Sustainable Development Goals. Which are 17 goals that we need to, to achieve in the next 15 or well, 15 years from 2015. So by 2030, we have to achieve these 17 goals in order to make the world a fairer place for all. Okay. And it's things like um, poverty, hunger, climate, oceans, life on land, below water, yeah. education. Um, so when these goals launched in 2015, we worked with an organization called Project Everyone, mm-hmm. um, which was founded by Richard Curtis, and he had a mission to make the goals famous. Mm-hmm because the goals were a follow-on from the Millennium Development Goals, which launched in 2000. Yep. And um, there not a lot of people knew what they were, so Richard then wanted to change this and make sure that everybody knew what the goals were and what we had to do in order to achieve them. Mm-hmm. So in 2015, he had initi- initiatives like The World's Biggest Lesson, The World's Biggest Prayer, um, the world's biggest, you know, there's a, a few other things. And we, we said to them, well, why don't we do the world's biggest game? Yeah. We have this gaming network. We can reach millions of gamers. Um, why don't we, you know, switch on some messaging? You know, it's not a fundraiser. Let's mm-hmm. just switch on some messaging through the media networks within the mobile games that we have reached through and see if we can engage people in, in the goals. So, you know, we gave it a go. Um, you know, it wasn't a standard model, yeah. but we thought it's a nice way to educate people on what the goals are and actually see if people actually click that space and want to find out more. Um, so we, we did that and we reached one hundred and ten million people in a week oh. through the games <laughs> that we were working with. Yeah, it's quite well, a lot. Did
0: you expect that number, or was
1: that uh, n- not really? I mean, I think the first the first challenge is um, when we're running fundraisers. It had to be the right moment for a games developer to launch that campaign and mm-hmm. typically the date could move or it be delayed or it'd be bigger than you thought it might be smaller than you thought mm-hmm. so there was a lot of unknowns um and so we weren't quite sure how the media side would work out but we when we we made the call to all the publishers that we knew and just said look could you host this video or this interstitial and um all of them said yeah because it was an easy thing for them to do yeah. there was no dev work that had to happen it you know there wasn't an item that had to be created in the game and which had to happen before and so it took out a lot of the hassle for the publisher so we were I think that was the first surprise was well this Mm -hmm. makes it much easier for the publisher to launch something Mm -hmm. Um, and then in terms of reach you know because we went out to so many publishers that we knew we just thought we had no idea what to expect you know, are we going to reach three people or, you know, (laughs) but it was 110 million people. um, So it was a good week uh, It was a good week. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was a busy week. Um, And we also had about a 12.5% click-through rate, meaning that, you know, people were learning about the goals and wanted to find out more. So we were able to drive them to a landing page then to find out more. And was was
0: it specific types of publishers or
1: category-wise? It was a a broad range. I mean, mainly kind of social gaming, Mm family-friendly games. Um, some publishers went a bit more beyond just putting the media space and put like a button in the game that you can click and information will pop up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're all like really family friendly mm-hmm. games for, you know, for kids and adults. Yeah. Um,
0: and is that always off sitting on the ad space? In the games?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in the so basically in between levels, you you could have an interstitial or a video, yeah. and that's where we f- we put the first global goals message. Okay. Um So that worked, and we thought, okay, light bulb moment. You know, I think we've got you know massive reach, and players are engaging with it. Let's look at what more we can do with this. Um, but we didn't want to just um, we wanted something to be interactive, mm-hmm. um, because we wanted players to really engage with the topic, and for us to get feedback in terms of how much they know about it and what actions they would take. Yeah. And so this is why we decided to then change the business and go down uh, the route of using a playable ad format, which is a 30-second long game Mm -hmm. that pops up in the same media space. Um, So it's like a little mini game. And we wanted this to be seen as um, like kind of bonus content about changing the world, rather than um, another ad popping up. Because typically, that space is used for um, promoting other games and apps. And it drives you to the app store. You then download the game or the app. So it's encouraging an action. But we wanted to turn that action into a positive action. the good thing for the publisher, it's easy to do, yeah. and it's, um, it doesn't drive players away to competition. Yeah. So you're keeping players within the game. And even if we are asking players to go to a landing page, it's not going to competition. Um, and players don't have to play it. They can cross it off and then go back to playing the host game. Um, but typically we're seeing about you know, a, a north of 25% engagement rates. We've seen as high as 54%. So one in two people are actually playing yeah. for longer than 30 and, seconds. And is it
0: just an education thing now, or is there still a monetary value to it, or?
1: It's um, so it's it's for a couple of reasons. It's to educate players on uh, specific topics. We yeah. work with brands around topics like um, self-esteem. Mm-hmm. We're working with Dava around self-esteem. We've worked a, a lot around kind of oceans and plastics. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, how do you reduce your plastic consumption? And you know, what is the extent of the issue? Yeah. So it's education in terms of you know, we're not just asking you to not use a plastic straw. These are paper straws, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not asking you to um, you know do these things without there being a reason. And actually, yeah. if you see the reason, then it encourage you to take action. Um, So for plastic straws, for example, half a billion straws are used on a daily basis in the US. So that's the sort of information we're feeding through the game as you play. Um, So an example would be we created an endless swimmer instead of an endless runner. So you're a little dolphin, you're um, swimming through the ocean and you're having to collect plastic as you swim through different parts of the world. And the plastic you're collecting r- relates to the different issues in those parts of the world. Yeah. So it's educational as you play, and then facts are being fed through, and then we're asking people to make a pledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want people to be aware, we want them to learn more, we want them to take action, yeah. and actually over time, what we want to see is we want to nudge behaviour to the point of then changing behaviour, um, and we can do that by retargeting players mm-hmm. um, with um, you know content about the same issue, and then looking at how the actions change now what they tell us online might be different to what they tell us offline, but at least it gives us an idea of how behaviour is potentially changing.
0: Can you only retarget people that have interacted with the game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so
1: people need to play the game and then we can retarget them with, um, you know, you could have like an episodic journey of uh, mini games that you can serve to people over time, Mm -hmm. but then looking at how behaviour changes over time. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, you know, if it's something about like personal issues like um, cyberbullying, helping people, um, uh, you know, point them in the direction of where to get help.
0: Yeah. And that's something that's getting much bigger now, isn't
2: it? Yeah. You know, um, sort of how, how have you seen like, games as a platform change and evolve since you started back in 2011?
1: Oh, it's changed. I mean, it's massive. It's yeah. growing at a phenomenal rate. It's growing about I think, 8% year-on-year year year globally. Um, and it's now bigger than film and music combined. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a it's $140 billion market. It's, it's massive. I think the biggest changes that we've seen is the perception of gaming from being kind of like, you know, the nerdy teenager sat in a cupboard playing war games to... Yeah, act-
0: teeny- tiny tots <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah babies playing that. <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, the age bracket is, you know, from, from tiny babies to, yeah, yeah. you know, I think the 25% of gamers are over 50. Yeah. Um, so people who kind of grew up with games in the 80s still play. Yeah. Um, I think social gaming, is especially like games that you play on your mobile, like candy Crush example, Angry Birds are really popular with like all ages, mm-hmm. but you've got women in the mid 40s um is the m- biggest demographic for games like candy Crush, yeah. so more women are starting to play um, so which is a bit of an issue for the industry because we need more women to be developing games for mm-hmm. women
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, if there's more women in the industry we'll we'll get much more diverse content um. But yeah, I mean, in terms of size, scale, and also markets as well, in terms of where people are playing. So if you look at areas like um, South America, Africa and the Middle East, Mm -hmm. India, um, I mean, Africa and the Middle East has grown about 26% year on year, which is massive because more people got access to smartphones, they've got access to the internet, and the number one thing we do on our phones is play games. And actually in some of these areas, um, kind of the newer markets, they do The games don't monetize as well, so they'll watch ads. So right. it's perfect opportunities for us to be able to promote about um, issues like you know, sanitation and hand washing and um, other educational topics um, mm-hmm. that are needed.
2: And how do you like embed these messages and design kind of the experience? Mm. Like that's quite interesting.
1: So if you think about gaming um, like film, you know, there's in film you've probably got about six to eight like story arcs. So gaming is the same. In terms of like the, the core mechanic, um, but what we do is we look at you know what is the audience that we are trying to who, who's the audience that we're trying to reach mm-hmm. what types of games are they playing already what would interest them we look at the topic like what 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 message are we trying to get across and what's the objective mm-hmm. you know is it to educate or change behaviour. Um, get people to take action and then we look at which game that we think would be the most effective so there's actually there's an ideation process that we go mm. through with a client to figure that out and then once you've got your template you can then reskin that with new content new characters and build yeah. on that mm. over time um,
0: so do you have a kind of series of banks of templates now that you can work yeah. with make, makes it faster for you to develop Exactly, faster for the brands as well Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so and uh, yeah exactly so we've got a suite of templates but you know we've If if a brand wants something completely different, then Mm -hmm. we can we can do that as well. But typically, they'll take a template um, and re skin that.
0: Okay. And in terms of like play mob as a team, then Mm. how are you kind of set up? Is it is it a lot of creative people? Is it a lot of tech people? Mm. Is it kind of balance of both? Just interested to know the dynamic of the team and how that sort of slots together.
1: Yeah. So it's it's a bit of a mixture. So we've got um, we've got the. uh, Game designers, so mm-hmm. the people who come up with the ideas and design the game, create the design document, mm-hmm. um, production and development. Mm-hmm. Um, we're uh, going to be building up a team of um, data scientists and analysts. Um, actually, we're doing that in Scotland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so soon they'll be playing Mob Scotland, where we have our data team up there because okay. data is a it's a core part of what we do. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to be bringing in that team um, in house.
0: Why did you think um, Scotland for housing that team? Um, obviously you're yeah. Scottish
1: but anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think t- two reasons, I mean data and gaming talent because um, if we can bring in people who understand gaming and obviously there's a big pool of data, um, people in Scotland you've got the data lab, you've got the Bayer Centre mm-hmm. um, we just think it's an interesting place for us to be, and it's, it's world class in data and gaming mm-hmm. so like, what better place to have a gaming data platform mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then we've got integrations people, so people that will help to um, basically get the game into the our distribution networks, yeah. launch it, manage it, optimize it, um, and we've got people that manage the client side as well.
0: Yeah, because I suppose there's that kind of pairing part, isn't there? Like making sure it actually pairs with the brand and it, and it works mm. to their objectives as well. So exactly. That, kind of, you know, that piece that needs to lock all together. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But we cover the end to end and. You know, in some cases, you'll be doing a lot of testing to see, you know, is, is the game right? Is the messaging right? Are we promoting to the right games? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where the optimization comes in.
0: Yeah. yeah. And in terms of, like, as a business, you know, obviously when you got into it in 2011, mm. there wasn't really anyone doing what you were doing. Mm. Um, where did your sort of catalyst thought, you know, how did you sort of kickstart and think mm. this is something that people were missing out on? Or was there someone else mm. doing it that you got inspiration from?
1: So I think, so the, the big... The big moment for me, but I think it was about 2010, 2011. So 2010, the Haiti earthquake happened and Thinga, who made Farmville, mm-hmm. they launched a campaign for the Haiti earthquake and raised about $1.5 million for the victims. Now, what they also noticed was, as well as raising all this money and having a positive impact, that players were spending money for the first time, playing for longer. So players are actually engaging with it on yeah. a much more deeper level. Um, and then the founder of... Um, Zinga, mark Pincus' sister Laura Pincus mm-hmm. does a lot of work around um, looking at CSR and brands and um, imp- how, how they implement CSR mm-hmm. and even back then she was saying actually brands who um, you know do deliver a positive impact um, are more successful sure. because you, know, you attract customers you attract the best employees mm-hmm. Um So back then it was like starting to happen and I thought, you know, imagining gaming and looking at the growth of gaming, you know, imagine being able to get every game, raising money for causes, um, or at least making a positive impact in the world. Because you've got, you know, right now, where there's 2.5 billion people playing games, you know, it's a third of the world's population, almost a third of the world's population. So you take that player power and then you can turn it into a force for good. Um, So it was then, and then I think the other thing was, um, Jane McGonigal, who's the, um, she wrote a book called Reality is Broken. She, um, she estimated that at the time, in 2011, we were playing about three billion hours per week, collectively. But she said if we get to 21 billion hours per week, we could start solving some of the world's greatest problems, like climate mm. change, obesity. Um, so right now, we're on about 16 billion hours. So we're getting close yeah. to that tipping point. Um, but back then, I thought, you know, if there's a way that you can mobilise the entire industry, there must be a platform to do this, and nobody was doing it. So yeah. that was the reason. Mm.
0: So what, what do you see next in gaming, like what's what's coming, like once we hit this 21, <laughs> be <laughs> what's next? next? The
1: job done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Turn it all off.
1: <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um, so I don't know, I think like the way that gaming, gaming's always ahead of the curve when mm-hmm. it comes to innovation and you know I think there's just, where we are right now is we're in mobile, but mm-hmm. you know, there's opportunities for us to be in other um, platforms like we were before, you know moving into console for example. Um, VR is really interesting. VR, AR, AR, especially around what we are doing, because we, we can then overlay the, the the game onto the real world and look at impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I think events like esports is really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, how can you pick up what we do and get those, that collective power? You know, six, ten thousand people in a stadium to to make noise. Um, so I think when, within gaming, there's just so much opportunity of where this can go. But where gaming goes, I mean, who knows? <laughs> <laughs>
0: And is there other people doing the same sort of things as you in this space or are you kind of like the sole pioneer of <laughs> it or is there other, like, other people mm. using it for good, you mm. know, because, you know, my son plays games on iPad mm. mobile all day long and like, you know, you don't see a lot of good through a lot of the games. Yeah, you know? like, a, a lot yeah. of it I'm seeing like there's triggers of like gambling triggers and yeah. um, like trigger dopamine triggers and things. Mm. and. You know, it's nice to hear that someone's actually trying to use mm. that ad space that sits right in the middle and do something positive and yeah. educate. And I'm just wondering how much of a ripple effect mm. you've made, mm. or you know, are you still like, mm. are you still the only one moving forward, or yeah, is there a lot of other people following?
1: So I think there's there's companies that have moved into the ads for good space, um, and like we we know them really well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they but they're more on kind of interstitial than video, and not within gaming. Mm-hmm. So I think in terms of gaming, we're still the only ones doing what we're doing with playable ads in particular. But I think playable ads have been, they're such a new thing. They only came out really about a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't think it will be long until people start to clock on to the fact that, you know, playable ads are big, engaging. Mm-hmm. They can gather up information um, in a positive way. Yeah, um, uh, yeah so I think there's, there's, we've got like indirect competition, mm-hmm. but no actual direct competition. Um, so, there's companies like Goodloop and EcoMedia and mm-hmm. Juco that are doing ads for good. Um, yeah. But yeah, we haven't seen anybody kind of move into the gaming space. But I think it's because if you, if you come from gaming, it's, you know, you're, you're in this world where if you're not in gaming, it seems quite confusing and hard to kind of navigate. Mm-hmm. But we've come from it and we understand the market and we, we've got a massive network there already. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think if someone came from within gaming, you know, then we'd have competition. Um, but I think we've we've kind of been running at what we're doing right now for the past, like this, on this new model for two to three years without doing any kind of really big PR or marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing a, a few big things over the next six months, but I think we'll change that. Yeah. Um, but I think by that point, we'll be, you know, we've got our templates, we've got a data platform, we've right. got a team, um, we've got big brands using us. So, yeah. um, But the, the other thing as well is we're doing this for good. So if more people come into the space, then brilliant. They come and fix the world yeah. with us. Yeah. 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 That's
0: what
2: you want to, kind of want to inspire and help yeah. some people join in. Exactly. What have been the biggest challenges in the past few years as you've grown and as you've kind of been mm. pioneering the, the sector?
1: I think one of the big challenges in the beginning was, um, I mean, this whole kind of notion of profit with purpose wasn't really a thing. So you'd pitch to investors and they'd say, you know, is this a business or is this a a charity? Um, I think we were really lucky in the beginning where we brought on investors who really got the fact that if you do good, it's good for business. Um, So, but, you know, it's a longer, it's a longer journey to go on. You know, we're not going to make, in 2011, we knew we weren't going to make returns in five years time you know it's going to be a bit longer um, so I think that was one of the challenges in the very beginning but that's that's all completely starting to change with um you know a lot of big brands now are, are doing you know they're, they're putting purpose at the forefront mm-hmm. uh, you know Unilever for example have been doing amazing things with their brands mm-hmm. um and then you've got brands like Diageo who are saying you know we're going to um put you know billions of dollars into purpose driven communications and so it's really kind of you know, bubbling to the top of big brands' agendas, yeah. whereas before it wasn't. So that was a bit of a, um, uh, a bit of a struggle. I think a couple of years ago, talking to brands about gaming, so the some really got it, and some still thought, well, gaming's just for kids, and gaming's bad for us. Um, but there's been, you know, there's been a massive flip on that, even in the past six months, where big brands and agencies have gone, actually, you know, this is a massive audience, bigger yeah. than film and music. But it was a a bit of an education. We had to go out there and kind of educate the market, and I think that's been one of the hard things as well because we've been like pioneering. We've had to educate the market from educating games publishers, educating charities, educating brands. Um, So hopefully we've we've educated enough. (laughs) Hopefully
0: today helps a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) exactly,
1: exactly. This is what we do. Um, You know, we we changed a model, and the reason that we changed was because it was an unpredictable um, model. It was difficult for publishers to integrate. Mm But I think the new model um, solves a lot of those problems um, and actually opens up much bigger opportunities. But, yeah, yeah I think, I think we, were, we were ahead of the curve, but now the markets have caught up. And so I think we're in the same place now. Mm-hmm. So there's still going to be tons of struggles, mm-hmm. but for different reasons.
2: Do you see like the kind of the lines blurring between games and entertainment and film? Because I'm just thinking, like, we, we obviously specialise in like, film content. Yeah. And recently there's been a lot of experiments in interactive stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of new startups doing that. There was Bandersnatch Mm. on Netflix, Mm. Black Mirror. Um, And it's kind of real-time game engines like Unreal Mm. and Mm. Unity and all that. I just feel like it's maybe, there's quite a lot of crossover.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely there's more, I I think there's a time, yeah, I I think it's the time for those media to Mm. start converging. I mean, we were in, um, we go to Cannes Lion every year and um, we we were at a talk and we were listening to... um, I think it was John Hegarty talking about how advertisers need to be thinking, be thinking about innovation and um, be thinking about interactivity and tech. And we were thinking, that's gaming, you know, mm-hmm. and storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I think now gaming's been taken more seriously and has been seen as, you know, a way to entertain rather than just um, waste time. Because <laughs> um, it has been seen as like a frivolous thing, you know, yeah. that's what you do kind of. Um, but, you know, films are taken seriously and video is more serious. Um, but no, there's definitely a crossover now. I think what we have to be careful of is um, people coming, not coming, people, non-gaming people starting to build games, yeah. because you know there still is a methodology to use in terms of you know you could end up wasting a lot of time and a lot a lot of money um, if you're not sure what you're doing. So I think that's a big mm-hmm. um, a big warning. But I think it's becoming much more mainstream.
0: Yeah. What what you've achieved is no mean feat, right? It's, <laughs> it's like when I'm when I hear you speaking, it's like like you know you first of all got develop that idea, then you've got to mm. figure out how to build a team, raise money, mm. pull all the pieces together, grow a business, mm. and then, you know, keep going, you mm. know. Um, when you, often, you're doing it in
2: a model that hasn't really existed yeah. before as well. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> enough to run an agency, you know. Just... Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Did was Or what What? what, what did baby or little Jude want to be when you grew up? Like, did, yeah. did you have that sort of vision in your head early yeah. on? Or uh, how did, you know, I'm just interested, like, step before mm. getting to where mm. you
1: got Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I just wanted to travel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just wanted to see the world. Um, I I guess, like, when I was a kid, I was always coming up with ideas, and I liked, like, physically making games. So gaming had been a big part of life anyway. Um, And then, I don't know, I think I'm a bit of a problem solver. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, and I guess... I think so, just a
0: little bit. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and I like solving problems. And you're now solving big problems. <laughs> yeah, like for the trying UN. to solve
1: climate change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think, yeah, yeah, you know, so I guess entrepreneurs are problem solvers. Yeah. Um, and But yeah, I, I don't think I had a clue what I wanted to do. No. But then I think when yeah, gaming, loved gaming, um, got into my first startup in 2002 at mm-hmm. university, they were building games for education and for training. Yeah. So when I saw what they were doing, I was like... My is amazing you know it's a company that are doing like, using gaming to learn mm-hmm. um, and it, then that's what's your favourite game what's my favourite game yeah. uh, of all time
0: of all time just if, if you were to go home right now and, and you had to play a game
1: uh, of all time it's probably Little Big Planet Little Big Planet yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: the wee Terry thing what's it
1: called oh <laughs> uh, um, the oh god what's he called again
0: we've, we've got one Keenan. we have one in on the studio yeah, I can't remember uh, the name <laughs> sock boy, sock boy,
1: Sock-verse, sock boy. Right. Sock- right. That's really badish, I know that, <laughs> uh, but that's probably like you know favorite game of all time. But like one for like pass like playing on the train or like yeah. on my mobile is um, Monument Valley. I mean, Love yeah. Monument Valley.
0: I suppose like you know, you know you probably felt you'd arrived at one point in the business, and mm. then you're at a new sort of level of business now, and we've been talking about lots of exciting projects. Mm do you feel that you've arrived yet or do you still feel like, you know, do you feel like, oh, that's you and your comfortable skin and you're here and this is, or do you feel like, yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> do you know, what you sometimes like hunting for, you know, for uh, where you're still going yeah. or sometimes you feel like, oh, that's me. And, yeah. you know, is, 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 do you get it? Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. No, I think, I don't know, like as an entrepreneur, do you ever feel like you've arrived? Do you know what I mean? No, there I always feels was, like there's more yeah, to do. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I think,
0: like you mentioned to me earlier on that like you never saw your business growing beyond twenty people. Yeah. You know, and you know often you see people then get to twenty people and they go, oh it, should, it won't go beyond fifty. Yeah, you know, yeah, we'll do 100. a bit more. We'll do a bit more. I'm yeah. just interested to understand if you think this is play mob, we're in mm. a happy place, we're mm. doing good, mm. um, the business is functioning, it's working, mm. happy team,
1: mm.
0: or have you got like oh, no, it needs to be you know bigger, smaller. Yeah. You're not doing something else that you're not
1: doing as so. well. We've we've got a whole roadmap of stuff that I wish I could click my fingers and have right now. Yeah. Um but I think that there'll always be that as as we start to uncover more of what we could do. Yeah. You know, there's always gonna be a roadmap. Um but yeah, I don't know. I mean I think you know, in terms of on the old model and then you said, you know, you could probably got to a point where you felt like it you know, it, it got to a point where it was um it was doing well, we had the big publishers on boards, we were raising money for charity, but there was still there was, it was really hard to get campaigns off the ground because dates would move or there'd be commitments and we weren't, weren't able to get the campaign live for some reason. Yeah. And that, that was really hard. But I think because we're doing something different, I think, there's, I think what startups have to be wary of is, you know, press can clamor all over you mm-hmm. and go, oh, you're doing something different and then try and put you on a pedestal. Yeah. But they can quickly knock you off that as well. But I think it's just to be mindful of, like, focusing on the business. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think... I don't think I've ever felt like we've arrived yeah. yet, but I think I think that will start to come as we see more value for our clients, and I think we are really starting to see that now. Mm-hmm. And our model is all about shared value. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to make sure that the players enjoy the experience and that the games publishers are not losing their players and that the get brands uh, are, start, are, are growing and seeing a business benefit as well as positive impact in the world. So everyone wins, and I think when you start to see that working, um, you know we're going to see that through you know we're seeing that happen already we've seen that happen over the past couple of years um, but the big thing for us is around data so you know building out our data platform and having much more rigor around our data and looking at how is changing over time I mean my whole thing is like right now I'm looking at you know real world data and gaming data and how that matches up and where the gaps are and how we can fill that um, and, you know, there's 17 sustainable development goals, so there's a lot of goals to fill. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know, will there ever be a point of... I think when, you know, we've got kind of like a standard kind of repeatable model now, and I think as the team starts to grow and as that becomes much more repeatable, will there be a time that I think, okay, right, you know, we've done this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Well,
2: do you think gaming can change the world?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be doing this <laughs> if I didn't think that. I would have given up a long time ago. <laughs>
0: So, I suppose, final question then, um, you know, someone looking to start, anyone that's listening today that's maybe looking to start a business, mm. you know, you're now eight years in, is that right?
1: Round about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Eight years in. Um, what, what piece of advice, mm. you know, there's obviously running businesses, there's ups and downs, What one little mm. piece or one or two, whichever you decide, would okay. you give to someone today starting
2: out?
1: Uh, so, one piece of advice would be to trust your own instincts. I think you can end up with a lot of different opinions, mm-hmm. which is great. Like, listen to the opinions and bring on mentors and get their help and advice and guidance because they've, you know, especially people that have been through or come from your market or especially people that have got the scars as well. You, know, you want to listen to people, but I think in terms of decisions that you make, trust your own instincts. And I think as soon as I started trusting my own instincts, things felt like they were, they were right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, trust your own instincts, listen to yourself. You know, don't, don't think that somebody else with more experience is going to tell you the right thing because yeah. like, you'll know what the right thing is. Great. Yeah.
2: Great.
0: Well, thanks so much. No, thank you. Very inspiring.
1: Thank you for coming down.
0: Great. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Um, if you like what you're hearing and you want to support the podcast, please rate and write us a review and help us get the word out. Um, if you've been listening on Spotify or Google Podcast, you can also watch the full version on YouTube. Um, we publish each new version on the last Monday of every month And so make sure you're subscribed. Thanks, and see you next time.
1: Thank you.